I ate a whole bag of peanuts and drank a whole can of Mountain Dew. I'm ready to go. Let me read my script. Work! What a terrible thing. Amen. Oh. Amen. You spend all weekend hoping another weekend will start the very next day. Mm. Well, that never happens. The next day after the last day of the weekend, you have to go to work. You, ha you have no choice. If you forget to go to work, you won't make the money you need to have fun the next weekend. So we trudge in there and we have to deal with the most terrible person on the planet. The boss. Bruce Springsteen? No. Oh. He's cool. Yeah. Regular bosses are universally terrible people. This song by Journey Keep On Running puts the puts it best when it says boss man owns a heart of stone. I have never met a boss I've liked, except you, former boss who listens to this. You are the exception to, to the rule. And speaking of rules, you listeners had better listen to the rules laid down by your boss, because if you don't, you will get fired. And getting fired means no money on the weekend, and no money on the weekend means no dancing. It's a fun thing to do, dancing. You should be dancing, says the Bee Gees. Dancing has been voted the most fun thing to do on the weekends. <laughs> really? <laughs> by, by who? If you are not... By a democracy, David. <laughs> wait, uh. wait, raise your hands. Who thinks dancing's the most fun thing to do on the weekend? There we go. All right, yeah. Yeah, it's majority. True. Um, I've... Uh, if you are not dancing on the weekend, all you're doing is waiting for more work. And your weekend money, therefore, is as valuable as a fart in a trash can. Just not going to make an impact. Mm -mm. You must dance to fully enjoy the weekend. But sometimes people are wallflowers, too shy to dance. That's why today's genre has emerged. To get the people who are too shy to dance on the dance floor, you need a commanding voice. You need someone who speaks with authority. You need a boss. But JD, you said the bosses are terrible. They are. Fuck bosses. This is Beyond Yacht Rock. Dance boss. Beyond Yacht Rock. This is Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. An internet podcast that creates a new musical genre every week and tops... Tops. Counts down the top ten hottest tunes in that genre. We tops the count as yeah. tunes. Did you? <laughs> did you tell, did you tell them uh, that we're on the internet? I did say we are an internet podcast. Excellent. Yes. I want to make sure they know that. It's important because people be on their fucking yeah, radio TV, dials all day yeah. long. Did you make sure to tell them we top the hottest counts? I did say we top the hottest counts. The ten okay. hottest counts. Uh, um, but we're also the guy. Oh, my name is JD Riznar. Hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. And Dave. Hunter. And we're the guys who created the term Yacht Rock that you all hate now because of all the terrible people using it to, to play terrible music. But we think that... Oh, fuck. Well, you got too comfortable. I got too comfortable. Yeah. I leaned Put on my cord. Too close yeah. to the sun. Yeah. Ah, there, there he is. Okay. So we created the genre, so we like to throw a little bone to the Yacht Rock genre every week. Steve, what are we listening to this time? Oh, uh, I, I went back. I've been listening to Al Jarreau's Best Of a lot lately. And I, I, Good album. This is, yeah, it's a great it's, album. It's every album. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. a big stack of albums it's called the, the Best Al of Jarreau Al It's the Al Jarreau discography. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of his yachtiest ones. This is We're In This Love Together. Yeah, so this is from the 1981 album Breaking Away. Yeah, this is uh, this is in the the the, the block of Jay Graydon produced albums, three of which are awesome, and then the late 80s or the mid 80s one's kind of weird. 
so this is produced by Jay Graydon. He also plays the guitar. We've got Laboreal on bass, so Martin on the piano, Steve Gadden on the drummies. Uh, Boddicker on synth. So forget Bonanza. The personnel on this song is so on point. It's Aeronanza. Aeronanza. Not Bonanza. Aeronanza, because okay. it's on point. I got it. I was, I was looking for a Target joke in that, and then I kind of read it as Aerodanza, and I thought it it doesn't matter. Tony Danza. I am excited. I'm excited for the day we finally run out of new ways to say Bonanza personnel. Okay, so this is a super yachty song. This is one of the yachtiest albums I ever did here, this Breaking Away album. This might be a good one for a live show review. Oh, some Al Jarreau album we have to do for yeah. sure. This might be the one. Uh, and this the song was a huge chart success. It made it to 15 on the U.S. Billboard charts. Uh, it was the softy Canucks that ate this song up like foie gras poutine. Do they have that? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh boy, that's rich. It took a slow Sunday drive to number one on the Canadian Adult Contemporary charts. And it's smooth, Mm -hmm. like a loving oil massage as compared to a rough one, like from someone who works all day with concrete, clearly without gloves, lots of calluses. Maybe her ring's turned around the wrong way and her breast smells like shit. This song is the opposite of that. I got a question. Yeah, Hunter. Is uh, Canadian contemporary an oxymoron? <laughs> I mean, no, it's just a different kind of contemporary. Okay. You know? Yeah, it's just like, different yeah, it's, from our contemporary. Yeah. yeah, it's like 20 years ago. Okay. I'm just checking. I see, Steve, I see you, uh, you got to this episode the same way I got to this episode. <laughs> Well, my mom, my mom was visiting for the last week and a half, and when I, I forgot I had to do the bone throw, so I texted JD the bone throw. He's all right, I'll do the research. Uh, and then when Steve's mom comes to visit, he stands like a statue at attention, waiting to, to, to for anything she wants to do, and he will not well, do he, a single thing that he wants to do because he's a great he's a son. good son. No, but, but he respects we, his mother. We do do things that I want to do <laughs> every said night. You do every. <laughs> <laughs> Every night after dinner. You would have thought you two would have enjoyed listening to the song together. Yeah. No, my mom's not into newer stuff. She likes the oldies. <laughs> <laughs> she's not into Canadian contemporary. No, not. Canadian contemporary. <laughs> no, here's what we do. Every night That's after dinner. That's a good dinner, way of describing Steve's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wear Rush t-shirts, Dave. <laughs> Says the guy in the Guns N' Roses t-shirt, ripped I went jeans to the and concert. sandals. I went to the concert. It was great. So I'm curious to hear about this routine that you and your mother have had yes. for the yeah, last no, ten days. After dinner, mm-hmm. we go, we go, we walk a block away to the gelato shop and we get gelato. Again, great then, song for that. And then we take it back to my apartment and we watch uh, several episodes of the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. It's like a I wonderful said, evening ritual. It was a metaphor, but stands like a statue waiting to. Uh, to fulfill his mom's every mm-hmm. need, a great son. Mm-hmm. But I also need to watch the Great British Bake Off. That's how good of a son you are. No, you, I'm, it's not altruistic. I'm watching it for my own selfish are, purposes you, because I enjoy the Great British you, Bake Off. You are a subconscious sponge of your mother's needs, and that is, that is what I call a good son. Mm-hmm. When my mom comes to visit, I leave the house as much as I can. Yeah, because last I time lo- your mom came to visit, I hung out with her. Yeah, I love her that, but I love her in a different way. I'm it. Now you got too comfortable again. <laughs> yeah, okay. Easy, um, easy. Talk about Here's your mother's love and you. More fun fact. 
We talk about yacht ballads. Uh, we do. <laughs> we do. And this one, you feel the bounce. It's just the right tempo. It's romantic without being cheesy. Uh, when a fool's in love, he appreciates and respects his woman enough to make her a partner. Fools become fools when they swing for the fences of love, going after some major league fox. But when you meet your perfect equal, that foolishness can melt away. And this song is what foolishness melting away sounds like. And when foolishness melts away, you need just that little hint of uh, Bacharachian flugelhorn in the arrangement. <laughs> this is an alto sax. Is there flugelhorn in here? Yeah, it's in the chorus. Oh. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. how, dare, how dare he put some flugelhorn. <laughs> here it comes. It makes comes. you question everything about Yacht oh, Rock, yeah. huh? I heard it. Yeah, that Maggioni sound and shit there. Uh, where you uh, like, like berries on the vine... It gets sweeter all the time, Jero tells us. That is, until the berries become overripe and start to rot. That is actually about to happen to the grapes in my front yard, so if anyone wants some tasty grapes before they go to shit, like the relationship in this song never will, come on by, you don't even have to knock on the door. Just help yourself to the delicious grapes in my front yard. And when Dave says grapes in his front yard, he I'm actually... I'm not talking about my hemorrhoids. I'm not <laughs> no, talking about my front hemorrhoids. <laughs> he's actually talking about uh, the grapes. That I think you have... Uh, purple and mm-hmm. and the other ones. Yeah. Purple and uh, white. Yeah. Uh, wine time. If you got a Dave's. Alright, let's talk about Dance Boss. Oh, I like this song. Yeah. 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 So Dance Boss is a genre of music in which the person singing the song is very bossy about dancing. That makes sense. Alright. Let's go. There. <laughs> this song, Dance Commander. <laughs> oh, here we go. Kicking in. This song's so good. This song is called Dance Commander by the Electric Six. It's about a dance boss, but this song does not fit the genre. For one, he's being kind of passive aggressive. He says, It would be awesome if we could dance. This is more of an invitation than an order. And I think he's inviting the dance commander to dance with him. Anyway, it's a confusing mess, and while I want to dance when I listen to this song, I'm feeling no heavy pressure to do so. You know, maybe he wishes they can't dance. Two left feet, paraplegic or something. Sure would be awesome if we could dance. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he's a white guy and he's afraid that there's there are black stand-up comedians in the room watching from the corner trying to build <laughs> up their, notes. their set and get some material watching to, him they've, dance. They've come to the future from the 80s. <laughs> We're ready. Um... So a better example would be like Chubby Checker's obnoxious classic twist, where he's just like, let's do the twist, go like this. And while I can argue that that song is actually about the pressures of teen sex, girls feel uh, from their horny boyfriends, we can save that for another show. On the surface, Chubby Checker's bossing us into doing a dumb oldie time dance called The Twist, and that's what I'm looking for today in this show. Not oldie time dances necessarily, but bossy singers yeah. want us to dance. More of a command than a suggestion. Yeah. See, I think of the twist as more a uh, Canadian contemporary dance. <laughs> it really is. O- oldie time is like the hucklebuck. They still do it when a punk rock band <laughs> goes to play in Canada. They all do the twist. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, the there's not quite enough songs to go. Come on, do the mosh. But there are some. Yeah. 
Uh, a great dance boss song is one where the singer is very direct about what the what dancing they want you to do. They pull no punches. They don't dance around the issue because dancing is your responsibility, and the dance boss is going to make sure you do it. The best dance boss songs have a very bossy dance commander, and also music good enough to make you proactive about dancing, which impresses the boss. Not a show initiative. That's right. Because if you impress the boss, you're having fun. If you're having fun, you're impressing the boss. Any any questions? Oh, hold on. Oh, okay, okay. Any questions, boys, about the dance boss genre? Hunter, you seem really confused after. No, I. Well, after I'm going to be sen- honest. After the the first sentence, mm-hmm. I think really nailed it. But mm-hmm. then after that, it kind of broke down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I just had so, to make some sort of distinction. So, would you just read that first sentence again. Dance boss is a genre of music in which the person singing the song is very bossy about dancing. All right, I'm back yeah, on. Let's it. go. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> Let's dance. Number 10. Uh, So here's a nice example of a dance boss. Michael Jackson here is certainly being the assertive male archetype he's so well known for. If you don't recall Michael Jackson, he's best known for the sultry rock classic Dirty Diana, in which he bosses Dirty Diana around. But here, he's bossing us to dance. This is this is a uh, shake your body down to the ground. Yeah. Now this is this is the distinction I was trying to make. Even though he says let's in this, it's not so much as a suggestion as it is an order. Yeah, yeah. You can and, tell by the tone. Yeah, and JD, you, well, get into it. You just yeah. you define it here. Yeah. Okay. So like, <laughs> I'm sorry. The reason I just want to point out the reason I've been very quiet for this first part of the song is I believe that first one, that number ten was from uh, Young Guns. Okay, I just want to say you're trying to identify yes because these are all like like clips from pop culture. I think that's from Young Guns. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's Um So the lyrics: Let's dance, let's shout, shake your body down to the ground. That sounds a lot like let's have a meeting, let's talk about your performance, fill out these reports, and get them on my desk by Monday. My anxiety is kind of going through the roof when I listen to this song, but you can be sure that I will be on the floor dancing. I don't want a bad quarterly review. Now that reminds me, I want to talk for a minute here about labor relations under capitalism. Now, oh, Jesus. I love the, He's been reading. I love the, uh, I love the, that reminds me. You're talking about bosses. We're talking about bosses, right? No, I see the I see the connection. It's yeah. It's as obvious as if it was printed on the page in front of me. JD reading off of a paper reminded me that I have written something to read off the paper. I'm trying to do a nice segue that doesn't make it sound like we're reading off paper because nobody gives a shit about how the script flows on the paper. I assume you're going to talk about a union boss here. No, I'm going to talk about the Jackson's dad, Joe. Oh, Joseph Jackson. Uh, he was a stern and strict taskmaster who berated his kids and whooped their behinds with belts and switches if they screwed up their dance routines. It's a very formidable dance boss right there. You can see where Michael gets his assertive male archetype from. A lot of people called Joe Jackson abusive. But really, what is an abusive gaslighting father if not the ultimate expression of the capitalist CEO aesthetic, replicated in the microcosm of the family structure? The main difference is you can't unionize against your asshole dad. No. Union boss. I think you could, if, if you had all your brothers in a band with you. Uh, well, it turns out a lot of uh, his brothers are now estranged from uh, Papa JJ, or Joseph, as he commanded his children to call him. Uh, they reunited for uh, Jackson. Michael 
Michael Jackson's funeral, but uh, they won't have anything to do with Did, him. Didn't he also make him call him Poppy, too? No. Or is that somebody no, else? No, that's just... That's, 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 that's JD. A, that's oh, a, that's, oh, yeah. oh. We'll cover that in the Pod Boss yeah. episode. Um, so because I'm an idiot, I always thought this and Blame It on the Boogie were Michael Jackson solo jams. But this song is from the Jackson Brothers' Destiny album from 1978. And is it it could be. It's got good. It's got. Um, that's a good. That's a good EP. It's, I know it's got um, Phil and Gaines, Michael Boddicker, and Felino. They're all on here. Yeah, Phil um, and Gaines actually arranged the rhythm, which is lifted kind of directly from uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Get up, get down, get funky, get loose. Yeah, this, and this might that's be a bit bossy. This might be Yatsko, but it's, uh, it feels a little quick, too quickly tempoed. I don't want to talk too much about it right now. Okay, I would just yeah, yes or no question. Um, but. Uh, this is, uh, so this is from the Destiny album. It's the first time Jackson's had complete creative control of their career. They're finally the bosses, and you can hear that newfound power coming through here. It's credited as being produced by the Jacksons, but you know Michael came up with all the good ideas and Tito didn't argue much. This one was, uh, Michael and Randy, wasn't it? Oh, comfortable. Hmm? Michael and Randy, I think, wrote this one, I believe. But I don't know, maybe you just said that I wasn't listening. <laughs> no, I didn't say who else wrote it. Well, who came? Michael Jackson wrote, wrote all this. Yeah. yeah. His mother his brother Randy. came in and said, how about, how about uh, instead of uh, move your body to the ground, we say shake your body to the ground. And co-writer. Randy, yeah. Mm. All right. I know all about it. This is going to end right here, right now. Let's dance, dickweed. You want to dance, Ronnie? I want a polka. Number nine. What? Well, that's a Will Ferrell movie. It has to be. Maybe it's that uh, ice skating one. Yeah, it could be. That that was Anchorman. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's no more classic a dance boss than the square dance barker. Grab your partner, dosy do now switch your partner, have those quarterly earnings report collated for the 330 finance meeting. Um, I was going to find a really good square dance song to put on here, but then I stumbled on this gem. It's transcendent. This is square dance rap by Sir Mix-a-Lot off his 1988 album, Swass. I love how much we talk about Swass on this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that uh, when I was looking up Drunk and I heard this song, it almost ruined the whole genre for me. Because <laughs> I was like, how could I make Sir Mix-a-Lot number one when he has this song? <laughs> This is a good and, song I can't get out of my head. Apparently, this, like, you said it was from his 88 album. Apparently, the original version of this was recorded back in 85, which is, like, that's so early in hip-hop history. That's, that's like, the same year LL Cool J released his debut album. And the Fat Boys released their second album. So, Steve's right. Kind of a big year. Mm. Lots of milestones. Um, and this oh, is, hey, JD, I yeah. think your computer's on 45. <laughs> get it? Yeah, I know, but actually, this is uh, the way Sir Mix-a-Lot uh, released the, the track. Oh. He actually sped up his voice in the track, um, and it's interesting. I really like it. The, the whole album's not like this, but... I heard he made himself really small for it. <laughs> That's what he did. Uh, this is actually kind of an on-album sequel. The first track is called Buttermilk Biscuits, mm-hmm. Keep on Square Dancing, which uses the same 
squeaky voice square dance boss bossing you around about how to make buttermilk biscuits, which seems to also be about dancing. It's how you, it's how you get a big butt. You oh, okay. eat a lot of buttermilk biscuits. Oh, uh, yeah. He's setting you up for, you know, down the line. Yeah. yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot has a long arc of his albums and his butt love. It's, it's like one line. of those real slow-moving prestige TV shows where you're yeah. like, what the fuck are they doing? What is on? And what are, this setup is going nowhere. And then, like, ten years later, it's like, holy shit, mm-hmm. they brought that back. Sir Mix-a-Lot's career is like a ten-year Twin Peaks The Return. Did I, did I mention when he says in, um, on the Grunk episode, he he said, uh, I, I'm losing all credibility, y'all. Uh-huh. And that's, I, I, did, I don't think I mentioned that these songs are on this album. This song and the Buttermilk Buttermilk. Yeah. He had no it's also got Iron Man on it. Yeah. Well, I, that's the one I mentioned. Yeah. Well, the first two songs I listened to were this one and Buttermilk Biscuits. And I thought, does he do this voice of the whole thing? Because that would be awesome. Like, that's how he started. But no. That tiny little just, rapper. Just, <laughs> the, the rhymes are great. The flow is really cool. Yeah. Um, let's see, We're, uh, what else was I going to say about this song? Oh, so this song gives you a pretty good idea of what it might feel like to work at Mix-A-Lot Incorporated with uh, orders like grab your partner's derriere, put your hands in his Levi's, hold his rear while he grips your thighs, and of course, now if you think that your partner's fine, grab her where the sun don't shine, which, correct me if I'm wrong, seems to be an instruction to grab her inside the asshole. And I feel like that would be difficult to grab in a dance. But if that's what the best boss wants, I will give it a shot. I kind of think it might be an instruction to grab your uh, your your partner at night. Oh. When the sun's not shining. But I like or where just, your head is. Or just in the shade. Maybe. Yeah. Like under a tree. A yeah. romantic tree. Or yeah. in a, a cave or a tunnel of sorts. I don't know why I think that Sir Mix-a-Lot is a dirty, he has a dirty mind. And I don't know. There's no real evidence of that in history. Steve, you have some square fun, da- okay. the, the fun square facts dance, about square dances. The by square Hollywood dance Steve. is a rural American tradition with roots dating back to 16th century England. Oh. Now, we all know that rural America is pretty big on freedom from tyranny, but that really only extends to government tyranny. The tyranny of culture is perfectly fine because it gives you all the answers you need, and that's the essence of the square dance. Hey, a dance, what do we do? I don't know, we're white. Well, better have someone tell us everything we should do in order. Mm-hmm. And that's what a square dance is. Yep. It's a lemmings dance. It's a sheeple's dance. Yeah. A commanded dance. Mm-hmm. It's for squares. Uh, I don't think you guys understand that. Anything else? Yeah, you remember how you mentioned you wanted to do a uh, crap as a genre? Crack? Crap? <laughs> well, you could probably do this. I love this. Oh, oh, go, bad rap. No, I, country rap. Is that what you wanted to do? Oh, no, no. Crap was going to be bad rap, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Rap, more like crap. Yeah, That's I where think that country, came from. I think country rap is cool. Well, there you go. Oh, so yeah. the crap would be like I, Puff Daddy and Mace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, would you, uh, how would you shorten country rap? Crap. No. I was gonna go dirty with it. I thought sure, it was obvious. Wait, what were you gonna say? Cunt rap. Ah, that's what it is. Just one last question. Can I ask you, Billy? What does it feel like when you're dancing? It feels like number eight. It's gotta be Billy Madison. Is there not Billy Madison? 
the Billy Elliot. That's the one. Oh yeah. Go okay. Billy. So this bot dance boss was first a hit for the Isley Brothers, hitting number twenty in '62. In 1962, but then it was covered by a group called the Beatles. This is the version of Twist and Shout we're listening to now. It shot to number two on Billboard and number one on Cashbacks. It's <laughs> and it charted again in 1986 when Ferris Bueller lip-synced it. And of course, on the people who hate being ordered to do a specific dance chart, it failed to crack the top billion. I was surprised to find out this was the Beatles when I was a kid. Uh, you know, and I just like knew four Beatles songs because the amount of energy and ferocity that John Lennon's singing with here, it's like beyond rock and roll. It's almost punk rock. Yeah, well, John Lennon blew his voice out yelling, uh, telling you to do the twist here. Um, so they had to keep the first take. And I wish I wish that happened in my life, you know? Like, my boss always finds the second wind to yell at me some more. Ah. Uh, you know, fuck all of you, except for you, boss who listens. Uh... You remember all those stories I told you about my shitty boss, boss who listens? Uh, I'm talking about them. Yeah, I get it. You were great. Um, so this is a common example of a dance boss. It's ordering you to do a very specific 60s dance. Um, in this case, it's a stu- the stupid dance called a twist. The twist in and of itself could be a genre. We could probably even do a top ten of chubby checker twist songs. There's a twist. Let's twist again. Twisting USA. Twisting around the world. Which is the same song as Twisting USA. Just does London instead of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Twist it up. Slow twisting. The twist. And the twist. Yo twist. Which he recorded with the Fat Boys. (laughs) Twist got... That's the good one. Yeah. To be fair. (laughs) Yeah. The twist got stupid. The Marvelettes had a song called Twistin' Postman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. Barely. Not, not like they the aren't boys. the fat boys. No. Everything they touch turned to goddamn gold. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like my rapping? <laughs> That's beatboxing, Dave. Yeah. Well, you, you can't tell me how to rap. No, I can't. I can just tell you that it's beatboxing. <laughs> Dave, you're pretty good at beatboxing. I'm not going to lie. You should hear me rap. Steve, I, I see you have a big paragraph of facts here. I have some facts about how John Lennon was a shitty boss in his romantic relationships. we got to examine some power dynamics here. Uh, John Lennon frequently hit his partners in jealous rages. In an interview with Playboy not long before his death, he said, I was a hitter. I couldn't express myself, and I hit. I fought men, and I hit women. That is why I am always on about peace. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> and I learned so I I, I, had, I had actually never known about this 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 bit of his life before. Wait, he, he beats his he beats up his wife, wives, and then, wives, and then he comes back later that night. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. World peace. World see, peace. See, this is why we need world peace. Imagine this, you twat. <laughs> If there were world peace, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be compelled to beat you. Piece you need to work shit. harder for world peace. Piece of shit. Okay. Well, yeah, I, f- I found out about this this bit of his life uh, after a few years with John. Yoko Ono had gotten tired of his bullshit, and so she intentionally handed him off to their personal assistant. Uh, who was a 22-year-old Chinese girl named Mei Pang, and this was in 1973, and Mei dated him through his year-and-a-half-long drinking binge with Harry Nielsen. Uh, Harry once stopped John Lennon from strangling Mei when he misunderstood something she said. 
and yet she she somehow remained his mistress for years. Like even after Yoko took him back, she 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 was his side piece. Steve, can we keep our facts fun, please? I'm glad John Lennon didn't die in some horrific way, so we we didn't have to hear Steve talk about that. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> but I do have some quick John Lennon fun facts. Oh, good. Are they fun? Lennon and Yoko made their first art performance together in an opaque white sack, contorting their bodies in silence on stage. Oh, so they right. kind of look like your ball sack. Hey, John Lennon's performing tonight. Let's go see what he's doing. <laughs> uh, Lennon's father, Alfred, was the mascot for his high school soccer team. In 1961, he was nominated for Best Actor Academy Award for Billy Wilder's The Apartment. Wait, who? John Lennon? And, what? Uh, what? Yeah. And also, John Lennon was dyslexic. All fun facts. I'm sure his father, Alfred, was like, man, hope nobody finds out about me being the mascot for my school. And then his son gets famous, and this dickhole reads it on <laughs> some podcast. Now now 60 years knows. later, well, well, I jo- cracked it. Jerry Wikipedia is behind him the whole time <laughs> for taking notes. Look at look at this douche mascot piece of shit. Uh, 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 write about it on my future website. Uh, uh, uh. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. Number seven. Oh, I don't know that one. I know it, but I can't remember it. The only one I cared about was the Young Guns one. You know, because it was an old guy, and he comes in with his guns, and he's like, "All right, yeah, let's, let's dance. dance!" And he just starts shooting them. Yeah, it was I a wanna, great scene. I, I really hope there's one coming up from. I just love watching you dance, Tony. Hmm. We'll from see. Uh, yeah. uh, so the Miami Sound Machine Shop has a boss on the factory floor, and her name is Gloria Estefan. They released this song in 85 when people on Latin dance floors were not dancing at peak efficiency and an outside performance consultant indicated a stricter, more direct management philosophy was needed. Problem is, their supervisor, Gloria Stefan, did not give correct instructions to the dance. Do you think she was trying to create a dance like uh, Was Not Was with Everybody Walk the Dinosaur or Ray Stevens with The Streak? Maybe, because the conga is a kind of music. Yeah. Uh, and the only dance called the conga is that dance where you hold on to the person in front of you. All right, the conga make a train. Yeah. yeah. So the, the dance is very popular at white people's weddings. Mm-hmm. So n- nowhere in this song does boss man Estefan indicate that you should grab someone and make a train. Lyric should be like, grab your auntie by the shoulder, watch her try to move her feet, feel those sweat palms pawing your waist. Man, your uncle is a creep. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, so instead, she gives a very non-specific "let your body feel the music." It's like your foreman teaching you how to put the rivets on the Miami sound machine, but instead of showing you where to rivet, he just tells you to feel where to rivet. And let me tell you where the boss can put his non-specific rivets. Sped up, Sir Mix-a-Lot has an idea. Yeah, it's pronounced foreman. Foreman, <laughs> I know. Sometimes I read the words on my paper, and I and I and I read the uh, the uh, the syllables instead of the whole word. But I bet somewhere <laughs> in some part of the world they're known as the foreman. The mm. foreman. We're 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 the foreman. We're the foremans. Yeah, okay. yeah it's like a an apocalypse. It's like one of those fifties uh, vo- white white guy vocal groups, the four mans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, side note too, ladies all over the world better pray that sped up voice of Sir Mixlot never covers this because you don't want a rando uncle grabbing you in your butthole in a conga line. I was thinking about this. I read Speak what you wrote. Yourself. 
And I feel like women normally wear uh, dresses at weddings. And I was trying to figure out if that makes it easier or harder to grab somebody by the butthole. Oh, it's easier. You can get up in there. Yeah, but I, mean, I think if you're already up top, you want to go in no, from I, above. No, I mean, where the sun don't shine is not above pants. It's underneath pants. Oh, I see. So you're yeah. saying go, go down from Yeah, because you got to reach. You got to... Okay. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Pants might be better. No. But at the same time, people are normally tucked in at a wedding. It's just, I yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be at a wedding. I know I tuck in at a wedding. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, you're a wedding tucker. Gra- grab her where the sun don't shine is going to befuddle us for decades, yeah. for our entire lives. I'm going to be at a wedding uh, in September, and I'm not going to know anyone there, so it's fine if I make an ass of myself. Mm. I'll see if I can suss this out. Okay. Be sure to tuck in. Uh, Probably tape back. Would you, would you guys like to know a little bit about uh, uh, politics in Latin America? Fuck yeah! Oh. All Fuck right. yeah, Steve! Well, Gloria Estefan is a Cuban-American. Oh! That's, a, that's an ethnic group that has uh, pretty notoriously been the most capitalist and Republican-leaning of all the Latin American ethnic groups in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's largely because they fled to these hallowed shores to escape the communist revolution of Fidel Castro. Now... In more recent times, much of Latin America has been overtaken by a so-called pink tide of leftist governments, ranging from more radical Marxist-Leninist regimes in the mold of Castro to a more democratic brand of socialism. The economic results have been mixed, depending on how diversified these countries' economies are, but the movement has been mostly successful in transforming many countries into more equal, less poverty-stricken societies, and they've forced their right-wing parties in those countries to move leftward in order to win. And that was Steve's Bernie Sanders propaganda of the day. Uh, who? I feel like there might be more. I love... <laughs> Corporate centrist Democrats. So you shut up, Steve. All right, Dave, you have any more fun facts? You guys remember when this song came out? These guys have been around for a while, but this was a big breakthrough in '85. No, I was. I don't remember when this oh, came out in '85 because I, I wasn't paying attention oh, yet. I, totally I remember do. this was a big I, deal. I stayed up at night thinking the rhythm was going to get me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, and eventually, it did. Uh, Gloria Stefan went to have multiple hits and sold over 100 million albums worldwide. She's tied Cuban legend Celia Cruz with seven Grammys and can still be heard every time I visit my in-laws or anyone else in Miami. Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> I don't know that one. That's all the time we have. Until next time, I'll be the Number six. From the famous sketch comedy show... show. Second City Television. Hmm. It's now Young Guns. Starring Jack Lemon. So I was very excited to research this song because I could finally find out find out whether Technotronic was a lady or a dude. Yeah. And it turns out Yakid K is a lady. Her name is Manuela Barbara Camosi Mayoso Jogi. And she's your typical run-of-the-mill female Congolese Belgian hip-hop artist from the late 80s. She was born in Zaire now known as Congo, so I guess you could say, come on, baby, move your body, come from Congo. And Come on, baby, move your body, come from Congo. Check. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Kitty cat on the album cover. There's a kitty cat on the album. Aww. It's adorable. Aww. Hey, 
Which is so you know in the future when you say stuff like that, you're supposed to put a picture of it. Oh. Yeah. What if I just went, That's good enough. I mean, that's all right. So when you think bossy technotronic dance songs, you think, move this, shake your body. But this one is way bossier. This is get up before the night is over. Yakit K has a clipboard with the name of the wallflowers on it, and she will seek you out and hold your overtime hostage until you start fucking dancing. She's bossing you into dancing hard. And if you can't keep up, they have more dancers waiting at Manpower to take your spot. I was uh, listening to this song earlier today, and the first thing I thought was, man, this sounds a lot more candy-ass than I remember it. I mean, I haven't listened to this since I was in eighth grade. Wait, but... were you under the... Did you have an impression of Technotronic as a real kick-ass band? Well, I just remembered it had, like, a real Man, these beat. guys sound like a bunch of tough guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, I watched this, this version today, and I realized I was, like, listening to the MIDI version of it. Oh. So now I'm hearing it again. I was like, all right. It was... It was yeah, as, they're tough. It was great, as man. tough as I remembered. For a Congolese Belgian, Yankid Case put on a pretty tough New York yeah. accent. One, two. Uh, so this this song is one reason why I was so confused about her gender when I was a kid because it sounds like she says one two I'm a party dude uh, and it, she also looks like a young teen boy and my mistake is kind of justified given Justin Bieber hindsight she looks a lot like Justin Bieber yeah turns out uh, she's saying one two I'm a party you uh, I don't know what that means I'm a party you she's going to party, party you. for you yeah she's you know she's going to make you party I Google think. lyric said I'm go- I'm going to party for you. I don't quite hear it. Anyway, uh, the emphasis is all fucked up. She sounds like, uh, it sounds like I'm a party dude, even when I know the truth. Yeah, the, the video doesn't bring any clarification gender-wise. She's wearing these Dwayne Wayne-style glasses and gender-neutral clothes, and she's juxtaspo- juxtaposed with this lady wearing extremely bold blue lipstick, which just seems to force your brain into assuming the sexual segregation. Oh, so it's a little subversive. Yeah. The lady in the blue lips- lipstick is also Congolese, and Steve will tell you more about her next. Yeah. So this this song, this was back in the era when these producer-driven dance club artists, uh, this Technotronic was basically a, a dude from Belgium whose name was Joe Bogert, but he, he went under the alias Thomas De Quincey because they, 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 apparently he just wanted to hide everything about the identities of this group so they would be more likely to get played in uh, English-speaking parts of the world. But this is back in the era when these people would hire fashion models to lip-sync their songs and so that they could have a stylish-looking music video and MTV would play it and people would go to the club and they'd see it and the like, oh, yes, we're very fashionable people having a good time in the club being cool. Which is a genre, by the way. Oh? That, is, that has to be a genre. Oh, there, yeah. There are enough of those... Like the Milli Vanillis of the, of oh, the world. Yeah. Oh, like European yeah. music factories. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And half of those artists, the vocals were done uh, in the studio by Martha Wash. And they never let her be in the videos because she was fat. Uh, in the case of Yakid K, though, it was more that she was so androgynous. So they hired this hot African model named Felly. Like the first single, Pump Up the Jam, is credited to Technotronic featuring Felly. Uh, and they hired Felly to pretend she was the rapper singer. But unlike with Martha Wash, when that ruse was discovered, Technotronic actually let Yakid K be in the next video, which was for this song. Before so they kind of they played up the uh, the, gen- the gender uh, contradictions there. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm scared of this boss. I'm scared of this boss. I'm gonna do what he she's or she sh- says. She's tough as shit. I'm out on the dance floor dancing. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. This is a great dance boss song. You're afraid of her? Break a line, break a line. 
soundtrack sounding in a track and here we go. We all know that Australia is our favorite continent on the show. My favorite and continent. island. Listen, ironically, it is my favorite continent, least favorite country. Well, I wanted to feature a band from that island. This is the band Real Life from Melbourne, or Melbourne, as they call it. Probably because they're all descendants of fucking criminals and don't want anyone knowing exactly where they're really from. Real Life released this on their debut album in 1983, it became a top 10 hit in Australia, but didn't chart anywhere important until 1989. You want to hear a real piece of shit Aussie garbage? Check out the song Catch Me I'm Falling off the same album Heartland. Luckily, American pop band Pretty Poison recorded a listenable song of the same title in 1987. This is, of course, Send Me an Angel by Real Life. So, so, from, so, from what soundtrack? I love this song. Well, yeah, Dave. Well, from which soundtrack? Oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's, you have to pick. That's up for debate, and I have chosen. While I said no one cared about this song until 1986, when director Hal Needham showed a worldwide audience what it was like to touch the face of God, <laughs> we already talked about... Uh, Wait, in what movie? We already talked about that movie back in the heavy metal episode, so I won't dwell on it very long. Rad. The movie was rad. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about okay. today. Rad. Um, now, you're going to want to listen to this album, this song, on a soundtrack. You don't want to listen to it on the actual album. Wait, wait. Because you have to hear the other Aussie garbage. Yeah. I just, Before we get past rad, since you're not going to talk about it, you should mention that it was during the bike dancing scene. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. That's That That was never a thing. Bike yeah. dancing? Bike dancing. No. I Are don't, you sure? I still don't. I don't buy that that was a thing. I think they needed something to do while this song played. All right. Okay. So no, since we're not talking about, or rad, we're not talking about that. No, you don't. You don't want to buy the Rad soundtrack to listen to this song because it's rare and it's very expensive. Here's my tip. You have it, right? I, I do. <laughs> you don't have to listen to it on the Rad soundtrack. You can listen to it on the soundtrack of Teen Wolf 2. How do you spell that, Steve? Like also. T-O-O. Teen Wolf also. Teen Wolf 2 came out in 1987 and has the exact same plot as Teen Wolf, except this time it's boxing. They replaced Michael J. Fox with Jason Bateman, and every other character was replaced except for James Hampton, who played Teen Wolf's dad in the first one. I, I want to mention, I'm... I'm 99.9% sure the fat guy is still the same fat guy. This is the, ba- the fat basketball player that was just became a fat boxer. So, he was so fat, he was eating a donut on the basketball court. Yeah. He was, was a it? terrible <laughs> basketball player. He became a terrible collegiate boxer. Is that the same actor that played Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? It was. I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. He was really hot back then. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, this Get me a fat kid. Oh, there's one. <laughs> Get that one. Hey, Tubby. Spit out that crawler and get in front of the camera. Tubby, it's your agent. <laughs> they called you again. Got to reprise your role in Teen Wolf. Yeah. Everybody else said no. Jeez. Put on your knickers and try not to fought when the tape's rolling. <laughs> this time, they follow his nephew as he goes to college and makes a watered-down version of the exact same fucking movie. How do you get people in the seats? You use the song from Rad. 
So in conclusion, go out and watch the most perfectly named movie of all time, Rad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you had to but choose on you that choose one, Dave. Which movie is this? Because we were. This isn't fifty songs and fifty-one songs. It's from. It's from Teen Wolf Two. Okay, Teen Wolf Two is the movie. Is it's it's during the studying scene. Yeah, where he has to study with his girlfriend. And she's the angel, and he needs it to be sent so he can learn all the, th- and then all the knowledge. Because he's, he's, he's been taking all his classes as the teen wolf and getting A-pluses, and so he's got to <laughs> learn how to take the classes as a regular dude. But there's one teacher that gives him a special little treatment, and that when why? Because she's a teen wolf as well! Yeah. Uh, she's also a teen wolf, too. Dave, you got to say spoiler alert before you give away twists like that. <laughs> hey, a lot of people haven't if, seen Teen Wolf 2 if yet. If you haven't seen Teen Wolf 2 by now, fuck you. It's your fault. <laughs> Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. Number five. That was Batman, but again, not as cool as that first one. From yeah. Um, I like this song. Young, young Guns. I like this song. Oh, fuck. We want to, I gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. Listen up to this dance, boss. This is Yeah, it's Coke. This is the- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, so this is the hustle. And I like it for a dance boss because hustling is something you do to get work or to get ahead in your career. So this is a dance boss. It's very supportive of your ambitions. Always the best kind of boss, dancer or otherwise. Uh, this is by Van McCoy, by the way. I, I like yeah, it. I like it because it's so direct. It's, it's do it, do the hustle. That's the lyrics. It's commanding. It lets you know exactly yeah. what's expected of you. It doesn't bog you down with a bunch of bullshit lyrics. Yeah, like, um, you know. Clear, you, direct, to the point, just like a good boss. This Wait. also could be the start of Yatsko. This is a very... I don't think so. I think this is the start of a lot of disco cliches. Yeah, there, is, there is a bit of personnel. Um, so... But with with such direct, simple instructions, you have to come into this job having got having gotten your commercial, the hustle license. So once you've landed the job, when the dance boss tells you to do it, you know exactly what to do. They need somebody who can step in right away. Yeah, it's like getting the job mowing the lawn, and they say, "Do the lawn mow." Once you know the ins and outs of the mower operation and the clipping disposal, you never need another instruction. You know, I know a dance called the lawn mower, but I don't know of any songs specifically directing you how to do it. You see these dollar signs showing up in my eyes? Yeah. yeah. You know how to play the Here's bass, right? It's called the lawn mower. <laughs> if it's cold, well, pull over. Get out on the dance floor and do the lawn mower. Move your body how you want to. It's a lawn mower. That's, that's what all these that's songs really do. They good. say move your body how you want. They never yeah. tell you how to do the song. Uh, so Van McCoy is a producer, he's a songwriter, he's an orchestra director, and he's not really a front-of-the-band kind of guy, even though he put out a shit ton of records since the 60s. Uh, I feel like most of the stuff that's like this sweeping orchestral soul music of the groups like the Stylistics, that's the, kind of the sound he did. And you hear that sound, there's a good chance that Van McCoy was a conductor. Sounds like the Love Unlimited Orchestra, too, like Barry, yeah. Barry White's backing group. Yeah, it was a big sound back then. And... Now we know what the conductor is, right? He's a snoot tunes boss. He bosses people playing snooty tunes. Snoot tunes. That's my new genre name for classical music. Oh. 
<laughs> Again, I thought you were talking about cocaine. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I don't know the cause, but uh, Van McCoy died in 1979 at age 39 of a massive heart attack. And I literally deleted a paragraph about that <laughs> because I knew you'd find that fact yourself and and, and, and share the shit out of it. <laughs> I don't want to cast aspersions on anything. I, uh, He's got a brand to protect uh, yeah, yeah. at this point. He finds it a, a death unrelated to the song. He will share it. This was written after uh, Van's music partner saw some people doing a dance called, get this, The Hustle, at a New York club called, get this too, Adam's Apple. I think Adam owned a club in New York and called it Adam's Apple. Most interesting thing about the recording was they got Steve Gadd. To drum. Gadzooks! Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good on this, yeah, too. Yeah, the Gadman. Right, if you so. listen to it, just try to isolate it in your head, the drums. They're amazing. It's so. hard to with that piccolo pounding my, uh... What? <laughs> your my, uh, my, my prick holes. Uh, okay, so... Like Chubby Checker in the twist, Van wanted huh? to continue to boss people into doing the hustle, so we followed it up with oh, another dance boss Checker. track called... Keep on hustling, which, as you can hear, <laughs> is hilariously just like the hustle. I'll get to the melody. <laughs> it's a great song sequel. Nice one-off. The Did first... they just put the sheet music up to the mirror and play that instead? <laughs> they kind of they kind of ironed out the notes a little bit. It sounds like this is just. That's. Ba, 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 da, 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 da. I heard that's how uh, John Williams wrote the Star Wars theme by just rearranging "Born Free." Oh. And if you listen to like "Born Free," Star as Wars, the wind blows as far as the wars go. <laughs> this is a great song sequel. First one was uh, from the album Disco Baby. This one's from the album Disco Kid. Unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to show us Disco Adolescent, Disco Teen, or whatever you dudes want to improvise here, was what I wrote. Well, if you were still alive today, we'd be hearing Disco Fogey. Disco Octogenarian. Improv! Well, that was good, guys. Yeah, we're really we're really picking up our improv game, Jay. Yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, you already took disco adolescent, so there's really no and disco and teen. disco teen. So yeah. like, where are, are you gonna others, go? Wait, what are the other stages of life? Disco middle age, disco guy? disco, disco young adults, disco midlife crisis. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, disco adults. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. Really. That's pretty much disco all. death, disco oh, early retirement. <laughs> Disco, whoops, I didn't save enough, and now I have to go back to work at a, at a, at a, disco, McDonald's. At a disco, disco nursing home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be me. I, I haven't saved nearly enough. I need to make some money. I think, guys, and... and oh, this, keep blowing this your water on that gelato. Hey, keep uh, keep reading all these communist facts on here, Steve. I'm sure, the, yeah. I'm sure this, all that money's going to start flowing in. I mean, this song right here, this sequel song... Would have been great in song sequels. It would no, have, totally, list it would have was, finished the story, Dave. My, of the list, my list was perfect. I want to tell you something, though, Steve. A lot of like really rich capitalists listen to this this podcast, and they keep mm-hmm. telling me like we want to hire Steve for this job. We have to pay a lot of money, but he clearly doesn't want it because he's so into communism, yeah, and Marxism and socialism. Yeah, and stuff. yeah I mean, the rest of you us gotta, over man, here you gotta draw distinctions, but those are all distinct. Uh, they don't of care. They don't, they don't care. care. No, they this don't is care. This, I'm yeah. quoting the, these capitalists exactly. 
because they don't. Yeah, they I'm don't just saying. Get you on know, the, the the three of us here. We're living in a two couch world, my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got a couch and a futon. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, that is. You know, maybe you should do the hustle sometimes, like us. Ed, I mean, this 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 right here, this this hustle sequel. It's not like I don't understand capitalism. I like I understand that you can release this song and make a lot of money. You get the sequel to a popular thing. It would have made noted capitalist rapper Jay Z proud. Because he says on his classic <laughs> debut album, you can't knock the hustle. Mm-mm. He is noted. What yeah, did you do? What did you do, Hunter? What? But I don't I mean, know what this, I do. I hustle, didn't write anything. This hustle this hustle is what allows enterprising young workers to rise above their seemingly destined class stations in life. But I have bad news, guys. Economic mobility in the United States has been drastically limited since the dawn of the Reagan era, meaning that success stories like Jay-Z and Van McCoy are drastic <laughs> outliers. <laughs> that old Van trick- McCoy story. Trickle-down economics is a fraud designed to shovel money to rich assholes. I uh, sure Who is. Who should hire me? <laughs> so Van McCoy... Who I need some of that money. <laughs> Van McCoy was one of those powerhouse music dudes that died way too soon. He wrote Baby, I'm Yours for Barbara Lewis. That was a really good song. Yeah, it really was. Short. Kept it real short. A lot of, this, uh, a lot of that era did. Giving up, giving up for Gladys Knight and the Pips. And he put together Peaches and Herb, which is a duo act like Simon and Garfunkel or Ween. Just um, like it. Wikipedia said that he had 700 song copyrights. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of song copyrights. Wait, the yeah. guy who died at 39? Yeah. Yeah, yeah good for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. You know, that's, why, that's what happens with cocaine. He's yep. like the Reiner Werner Fassbender of uh, song copyrights. Uh, yeah, you, you do amazing things. You make it to 39. Yeah, very prolific, and then die at 39. Do you want to dance? Huh? Do you want to dance? Yeah! Yeah! Uh, number four. Is that Animal That's House? That's Animal House. Not yeah. as good as, as... You mind if we dance with the old ladies? <laughs> That's a better one. <laughs> um... <laughs> So this song here is a great dance, boss. Madonna took the dumbest dance, which is to use your arms and hands to make frames around your face, and made an entire gay nation do the dance for a generation. Uh, She sets examples of cool people who would love to do the Vogue. Greta Garbo, Jimmy Dean on the cover of a magazine, and she dares you to be as cool as them by doing the Vogue. Like a good boss, she would, like a good boss, slipping Silberman's sales report onto your desk accidentally to motivate you. I can't believe uh, entire gay nation do a dance for a generation is not an actual lyric in the song. I know. I didn't even realize that rhymed. That's what a poet I am when Wait I for just it. let maybe, words uh, flow. Maybe you're a lawnmower song. Excuse me, maybe our lawnmower song. <laughs> Gotta get that co-writing credit. Yeah, yeah of course. Gotta get that Randy Jackson. Uh... Uh, well, you're the one that came up with it. Oh, yeah. You're the one that said there wasn't a song, and I'm like the producer that's like, well, let's make that happen. You know okay. how to play the bass, and I know how to sing. All right. Two, I think 50-50. My suggestion is you should rhyme lawnmower with bomb thrower. It's close enough. And Whatever, it's exciting. Kami. Whatever, Kami. Keep it, no. to, keep it to your yeah. Antifa protest. Yeah, why don't you go hang out with your buddy Trump? Antifa? What? Did you say Antifa? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Is that it. how yeah. you pronounce yeah, it? I think exactly. it is. Yeah. But it's are, are anti. You, are you saying? I know. I used to say Antifa, but it's. I think it's. Antifa. I'm not anti-fa. We're it's talking, a great soup. It is a great, a great soup. soup. I'm very pro-fa. Yeah. We're talking about how. Nazis in 2017 pronounce things. Yeah. Not always the sharpest tools. Mm. Yeah, they're led by Queen Antifa. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, you were uh, saying yes, this okay. dance is... Uh... Yes, this dance is much like the instructions for Do the Conga. 
Wait, uh, we were, no, we were talking about the lawnmower song. We yeah, lawnmower bomb thrower. Oh, it's gold, sure. Jerry. It's oh, gold, you want to okay. go back further? Lawnmower oh. comb over. Now listen. Oh, that's good. This is, there's no instructions on how to do the Vogue in here, so the Vogue should be called the Vag. Okay, listen to this. Let your body move to the music. Let your body go with the flow. They do this a lot in dance boss The Vague. I get it. Um, if you don't see the video, you don't know how to do the dance. I'm sure they try the lyric. Take your arms and hands, put them around your face like it's the edge of a magazine cover. But it doesn't flow quite as well. Was I wrong? Did he, he kind of say, did you say the vague kind of in a Michigan accent? Yeah, the yeah. vague. Okay, I didn't get it. I didn't, when he, that's why it took me a second to get it. No. The vague? The vague. No, when he, that's how he says vag with a Michigan accent is vague. No, that's we Michigan don't pronounce hard so G's. This dance actually came from uh, New York in the '60s in the drag queen scene, and I seem to remember a documentary I saw at one point that had like people pantomiming putting on makeup. Uh, that's not how you put on makeup. What you what you're doing right now is not how you put on makeup. You don't know how I put on makeup. <laughs> Uh, and also, uh, then I went and looked it up, and apparently voguing was inspired by Egyptian hiero- hi- hieroglyphics. I don't believe those facts. Okay. So this, <laughs> this dance boss presides over an experience Do you believe this is how I put on makeup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you believe that fact? He's juggling some H... Some H cup boobs right I'm, now. I'm feeling my boobies T Rex arm style. That's what he was doing when he said he was putting on makeup. So you gotta believe him. He's consistent, if anything. All right, so this dance boss presides over an experienced workforce. Consistently Come, awesome. Come on, Vogue is the dance equivalent of let's get those February numbers up. The uninitiated have to have no idea how to get those numbers up. But for an experienced workforce, the gays who spent January in New York Sound Factory Club, where the dance came from, off the assembly line. They're going to have a very good February. We're going to get the numbers up. They know how to vote. I'd like to point out a fun fact about the music in this song that your body's supposed to move to. Uh, the first part, the melody in the verses is really blatantly stolen from the chorus of the Detroit house song Ain't Nobody Better by the group Inner City, headed by the legendary Detroit techno producer Kevin Saunderson. Kevin Saunderson has miraculously not sued Madonna for writing credit on this big money-making capitalist hit song. Is it this part? No, it's the... Look around, everywhere you turn is heartache. It's everywhere that you go. It's it's like the chorus of "Ain't no, ain't nobody better." Gotcha. Kevin, if you're listening, go sewer. <laughs> now, who will be our first contestants? Right here. Want to dance? Number three. Yeah! So this, this next artist has bossed us before. Ooh, he's angry. He's the only beef boss I can think of right now, having bossed us to snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah! But the interesting thing about this dance boss is his ability to delegate. Uh, that's the quality of a good boss, yeah. too. In this song, Macho Man Randy Savage is entrusting most of the dance bossing to his vice president in charge of rapping, DJ Cool. This is a Hit the Floor by Macho oh, Man. Oh, yeah, let the, something hit the floor? What is it? It's called Hit the Floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
You're thinking of drowning. Yeah, you're thinking of let the body sit the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. wrong with me. So DJ Cool, he's really bossy. He's one of the bossiest people we've heard today. Listen to him. He's got the voice of a boss. Yeah, this is gravel rap like DMX. He's like Onyx. He's like one of those snively kiss-ass pushing your nose against the grindstone until it's bloody nub kind of second fiddles because the boss said, just just ask him to do a little more. Yeah, well, as you can clearly hear, he's getting the goddamn job done. Hey, fuck yeah. Uh, so at this company, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is Elon Musk. He's off doing his thing, being awesome. And your supervisor in the SpaceX file room is DJ Cool. And he's like, file this, file that, take your lunch, come back. Everybody, are you ready? File some more! Then Elon Musk, and this is the part here, Elon Musk has a company-wide announcement where he talks about how awesome he is. And you're totally on board. Morale's just through the roof. That's what yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage is doing right now. Macho Man is so good at this, even, even the album title is bossy. <laughs> Be a man! Yeah. Uh, this is from Be a Man from 2003. And this is Macho Man's only album because it's perfect. He was done with albums. <laughs> I nailed it! Mm-hmm. But stu- stupid snob Com, aka all, all music, music yeah. they gave it one star probably because macho man's shiny example of flow has ruined all other rap for those weak little snoots but i'm sure sweetdudes.com gave it infinity stars he really fucking showed up hulk hogan with this one only eight short years after the hulkster dropped the hulk hogan and the wrestling boot band disc hulk rules on us Mr. Man shows up and shows Hogan and the rest of his rapping colleagues how to do it properly. I uh, I had a friend who used to have like a music server that you could trade music. It was it was private, so mm. you had to get invited onto it. And it used to have a lot of rare hip hop. <laughs> and every time I'd log in, I would upload this 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 album. <laughs> And, and it didn't matter how many times I was told quit uploading that, that Macho Man CD, I'd still do it. Uh, good, good friend of the podcast, Ernie, um, used to keep this disc in my car, so when she got in, she'd have something to listen to. <laughs> I have listened to this album front to back many, many, many yeah. times in my life. For a one-star album on MusicSnoot.com, it's a fun album to listen to. For an album that you can buy at Toys R Us, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> I was trying to remember the DJ Cool hit song before. It's Let Me Clear My Throat. Oh, is that his? Yeah, it's his. Oh. It sounds like him. Yeah. Yeah. That's why his voice is so gravelly. You gotta I actually clear was his gonna, throat. I, yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because it sounds like gravel rap. Yeah. I want to talk. He has to clear his throat. It's like, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm like five songs in now. If I wasn't doing Canadian Contemporary as my next show, I'd do that one. <laughs> Let's talk about Vince McMahon of the WWE. He's such a terrible boss. He turned it into a, a character for himself. And a lot of the the, the stars that built his company in the 80s and 90s have died prematurely from heavy steroid use. He doesn't offer life or health insurance. There was an attempt uh, to unionize the WWE back in 87, which was led by future Minnesota Governor Jesse the Body Ventura. That was torpedoed by Hulk Hogan. That's what they say. That's what I read. You can other stars defecting from the uh, the union you can read. You can read that, and it may be true, but it also comes from Jesse Ventura. It, listen... 
Wrestlers like to tell tall tales. What? Is, wait, are you telling me that Jesse Ventura's conspiracy TV show was not 100% accurate? Maybe not. The other thing about wrestlers is that they're massively concussed with terrible brain damage, yeah. and they, they imagine fantasy. But the story is, the story is, in one way or another, at the time when when it should have been unionized, Hulk Hogan was the biggest, by far the biggest, biggest star for a while, and if they, if he was supportive of it, then it probably would have happened. He was the linchpin. Yes, but he was definitely uh, a company man. Yeah. And, so, and also, part of the reason that uh, guys like Ventura or Rowdy Roddy Piper or Captain Lou, what's it, Albano? Albano. 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 Yeah, what, uh, a big part of the reason they all tried to cross over into movies was so they could get health and pension benefits through the Screen Actors Guild. Fun fact. Yeah, Fun fact about labor history. And make more money, too. Yeah. Yes, and, 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 and make a lot of it had, had to do with albums. Money. money in proportion to how popular they and were. And also, yeah. they didn't have to basically murder themselves every night or slowly their, in order their, to get that money. Or their families and then themselves, like in the case of Chris Benoit. <laughs> Fun fact. When I was your age, I would lock 50 pounds of ice up five, six flights of stairs. So what? So what? So let's dance. Number two. All right. That is as equal or as good as Young yeah. Guns. Yeah. Young Guns but weren't you just dying to hear the song that came after it? That's true. What song comes after it? Uh, Journey. Oh, yeah. oh, that's Caddyshack. Yeah. I was thinking it was back to school for some reason. <laughs> and I love Caddyshack. I just figured it was back to school. No, I'll tell you why it sounded like back to school. Because the guy, the, the kid. It's the, who, it's the same actor. It's Rodney Dangerfield. Well, that too. Yeah, that too. But the kid, the kid sounded like the son from Back to School. I heard it yeah. too. Oh, the kid that was in Carrie. Yeah, the whiny, Christine. the whiny son. Not Carrie, Christine. Yeah. Uh, so this song is a song with two supervisors giving orders. So this is this is the music factory. So these two are like the foremen of dancing. Freedom Williams is the male rapper, and Martha Wash sings. But she was played in the video by the much much foxier Zelma Davis as as uh, Steve yeah, has talked about earlier. As we teased in the Technotronic yeah, this bit. Is a, this is a genre. Yeah. So that Foxy Fox, you remember, isn't the boss. She's some sassafras making fun of her boss behind her back by lip-syncing what she's saying, all sassy-like. Say what you want like, about... He's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> Say what you want about Zelma Davis. This factory is functioning at full capacity and turning out a high-end product. Amen. And the interesting thing about Zelma Davis is that unlike a lot of those other uh, hired guns like Millie Vanilli and those folks... She, hold on, hold on. Nobody ever referred to Millie Vanilli as hired guns before. Yeah, I guess guns don't really go with the whole milieu. Oh, didn't one of them make a porno? Maybe he was a hired gun. I, I don't know, dude. That's, that's the kind you of fact us. that you would know, Dave. What, what was the name of it, Dave? What do you think Millie, the name of it was? Millie Vanilla, I think. Yeah, I was expecting something better. Anyway, the point that I was going for was Zelda Davis actually think did it, perform yeah. on some of the songs no, on I the think, album. I think that was Are it. you guys done or not? Guys. I'm done. Read the room. Steve's I was, talking. I was reading Hunter. I, right. was, I was looking at Steve. Oh. I was trying to get your attention. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, oh, my Steve, God. read Eat your thing. Dick. Eat a dick, Dave. Zelma Davis performed on the two follow-up hits to this song, which were Here We Go, Let's Rock and Roll, and Things That Make You Go, Hmm. She just wasn't on this one. Um, but she's a singer-songwriter in her own right, and I think she's uh, a Liber Liberian, unless Wikipedia is fucking with me, or Dave wrote it. She's a librarian. Um, yeah. li libertarian. No, that's Freedom Williams. <laughs> she sings on the single Just a Touch of Love, and you can hear her voice is not as powerful as the one in this song that goes, Everybody dance now! 
She also sings on things that make you go, hmm, I think. Um, oh, by the way, this is CNC yeah, Music Factory. Said. Gonna make you said. sweat. Everybody dancing. I was listening to Steve. That's what oh, he just okay. said. Yeah. Millie Vanilli did have a... Didn't they do their own album of their own songs? It didn't go well. So... It was like Robin Fab, something like that. Yeah. Um, the CNC stands for Robert... Clavillis and David Cole, and they're the dudes who are really in charge. They stand up at the factory, uh, the music factory window, and look down at the foreman, Martha, and Freedom, and make a little phone call if the party isn't rocky hard enough. And they pay Martha 70% as much as Freedom. Naturally. Naturally. Um, I mean, the first line, Freedom says, here is the goal. And these Is that guys, what he says? Will you let me finish my paragraph? I'm just astounded because I never knew what the fuck he was saying before. No. These guys have quotas to meet, and if they don't get 50 units of dancers onto the floor by summer, his ass is going to get demoted to the Pittsburgh office. Terrible oh, music boy. factories in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Lots worst. of gay steel mills there. Um, but actually, Steve, the lyric is, uh, here is the dome. I don't that's know what, what it I, means. That's what it, it does, sounds like. It doesn't like. make any sense. Yeah. But it should be, here's the goal. That's what I always heard, but I was like, that can't be it. Yeah, that's what it is. At least that's what I like. Unless there's the, like, is there like a dance dome at the factory? I mean, there must be. Or maybe it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the dome is. But it may not even be the lyric. It's just what all the internet lyric helpers say. And I don't really trust those. Um, yeah, some of those are not accurate. Yeah, I, I write on those a lot. <laughs> I bet you too. Um, here's, here's what I don't get about Freedom Williams is they didn't let Martha Wash be in the video because she was fat. But I don't understand why they let him appear as himself. Because he looks like an upscale librarian. Like, he's got nerdy glasses a long time before that was okay for NBA players. And he's wearing a turtleneck, for fuck's sake. Did, oh, but, they, but that's also him without his shirt on. Da- oh, that dancing is? With his, all yeah. his sweet muscles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, okay. They dressed him up as Dwayne Wayne for the video. And keep in mind, just one year earlier, Tango and Cash came out, where Sylvester Stallone showed the world that you could put on big, dumb glasses... And be a tough guy musclehead, trick an audience into thinking you're really smart. Ah, uh, see, I missed the influence of Tango and Cash on CNC Music Factory. Well, um, and on a lot of things. <laughs> I, um, are we, is there more? Are we, we going to read more? Because I have a big announcement to make. Oh, oh, Hunter has a big announcement. But I, I'll do it at the end of the song. Okay. I mean, I, I can start off with a small announcement that uh, the CNC Music Factory used a lot of gear moti- motifs on their music. I okay, yes, that was they interesting. did. Yeah. They sure did. Yeah, there's a lot of gears going on. Yeah, there, there that's, was a, not, that's not the big announcement. That was, that I would was, hope not. That was related to what I was going to talk about, how 80s rock critics hated artists like CNC Music Factory because they kind of just flat out acknowledged that the idea that they were robotically churning out mass-produced factory commercial capitalist music whose sole purpose was to make a lot of money. But in defense of capitalism, despite all its evils, money... Here comes that money, Steve. The the idea of making money, the prospect of making a lot of money still inspires great craftsmanship in the record making with the result that songs like this are way more fun to listen to than like a 10-minute exploration by an anarchist indie folk collective, for example. Or a five-minute paragraph in a, mu- in a fun, pithy music podcast. Hmm? <laughs> anyway. Time me. That was a minute. I bet <laughs> no, was he a wasn't minute talking about that time. He was talking about other times. It was times. an exaggeration to make a point, Steve. It was satire, okay? It was satire, Steve. It was satirical. Um, mm. Hunter, what's your big announcement? All right, my big announcement is... 
Dave Fact was correct. Uh-huh. It was Millie Vanilla was the name of the porno. <laughs> so I refuse, or I will not question Dave's authority on facts of that nature anymore. I am sorry, Dave. I have an announcement for anyone who missed it. John Lennon was not nominated for the best actor in the apartment. That was Jack Lemmon. That was his little joke. Oh, okay. Just threw that in there. But listen, as far as unlikely actors starring in porno facts, I don't know if he's in the thousands. I don't know if he starred in it, but this no, is the... This it was is, a parody of Millie Vanilla. Oh, Millie see, Vanilla. he knows. He'll oh. tell us. But I'll read you the line from it, or, or how they sold it. Let's pretend one half of that bogus German pop group from the early 90s tried to reinvent himself as a porn actor, this time doing his own performing. And catchy, I, huh? I seem to remember. He seems to remember that one of the guys was in it, but I feel like I researched this a while ago and I couldn't find any proof that he was. And then I read the tragic <laughs> story of his death. But I'll, I'll you save researched that for, him. What were you researching him for? What fun. were you working on? Uh, just he was watching pornography yeah. and masturbating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wouldn't call oh, it. Yeah, GD. Wait, at the same hey, time? Guys, guys, I wouldn't call that work. <laughs> I thought this was a party. Let's Number one. And there's a the big reveal for you. Yeah, I guess I know fans. who did the bumpers. There's Joe Susudio Wisecaver, who always does number one as Susudio. Okay, so number one song, Welcome to Earth. Will Smith has been an incredible boss for decades, usually leading by example. He went from being the greatest rapper since Big Bang Hank, then became the greatest sitcom actor since Schneider on One Day at a oh, Time. Oh, he's good. Then he became the biggest movie star since Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all that, he still found time to be the world's greatest dance boss of all time. Oh, no wonder they let him into the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. This is Will Smith. Black suits coming. Nod your head. Totally get your point on this. This is this goes beyond a dance boss command. This is almost a threat. He says he's dangerous and he's been trained to bust. I do not want him to bust on me for not dancing. <laughs> I am going to dance. Yes. And this is a dance boss twofer. Because not only does Will Puffy Daddy Smith boss you into dancing, he also is trying to entice you into seeing Men in Black 2. And this is some quality plot rock. <laughs> when you think about it, there's not much plot rock coming from the main actor in the movie who has had an intimate knowledge of the script. So this pretty much is the musical equivalent of watching Men in Black 2. And it makes me want to track down the videotape. Not the DVD. The videotape. The videotape. Now, the dance he wants you to do in this song is very simple. Nod your head. Earth is worthless. Earth. Earth is worthless. How he says Earth. Apparently, he doesn't actually say welcome to Earth like that in the in the, the Independence... Or what, what movie is it from? Independence Day. Yeah, apparently, he doesn't actually pronounce it that way. It's like one of those mythical quotes. Like, lay me up, Scotty, or play it again, Sam. Yeah. But Tommy Lee Jones does, though. Or Sinbad. Yeah. Sinbad. Yeah. Sinbad's uh, Magical Genie movie? Yeah, Shazam. Bad genie movie. Um, okay, so simple instructions, nod your head. And I like this management style because 
you brag about how great you are as a character in, say, Men in Black 2, and then ask your employees to do the bare minimum, and then, inspired by your greatness, marvel how they exceed the orders. You see, what dance boss Will Smith is telling me to do is nod my head, but with a beat like this, I will be at least tapping my toe as well, gentlemen. Uh, you're falling for it, JD. This is blatant propaganda designed to normalize submission to a controlling, omniscient, centralized authority. Oh, it's such a fun, cuddly dystopian future in which dissent has been outlawed. I would prefer to bang my head, thank you very much, to heavy metal, the true music of rebellion. Well, on that note, Steve, that passive-aggressive note, what did we miss on today's countdown? Well, like I just alluded to, it's probably about 80,000 heavy metal songs about banging your head, which totally counts as a dance. Uh, I'd throw out The Toxic Waltz by Exodus and Whiplash by Metallica off the top of my banging head. Uh, also, what would have fit this countdown is a, a solid majority of KC and the Sunshine Band's greatest hits. Shake your booty. What else? Get down tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the danciest dance boss in town. I was going to say was not was. Everybody walked the dinosaur, but I listened to it again. And I'm starting to think it's a jerk jam. Oh. So I'm going to go with a S jerk jam for octogenarians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the SS band You Must Dance. SS Fools? No. There's SS another band. SS? Yeah, it's an 80s. It's like some weird European, Eastern European thing. What? Uh, I... But I do want to say, sometimes people don't want to dance, and that's okay. A lot of times I like to dance, sometimes I don't. I just want to sit there and have a conversation about Thin Lizzy. You don't have to try to make me dance. Sometimes just leave me alone. I don't want to dance. Hunter, what did we miss? Um, maybe Walk Like an Egyptian by The Bangles. The Bangles? The Bangles? Yeah, another dance inspired by Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. Or uh, All I Want for Christmas is You from Mariah Carey. Oh, uh, what I think that yeah. could have been up there. That's pretty. Yeah. That one's a pretty bossy one that makes me dance every time I hear mm -hmm. it. Uh, well, I think the, the obvious one that none of us talked about is, of course, the Hokey Pokey. Yes. That's a classic. Yeah. Hunter, do you know what you're doing the next? YMCA? Is that could be that? No. No. No, that's a, more of a place to stay. They just happen to Oh, dance. that's true. That's kind of true. an advertisement yeah. for the YMCA. That came later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what you're doing next time? Either Canadian Contemporary or or something else. I'm thinking I'm going to do Canadian Contemporary. I, yeah. I, I, I've, I've been looking for something to inspire me, and that was uh, that was something. Songs about... Uh, songs about jeans. Songs about denim. Yep. Songs about sweaters. Ooh. I uh, yeah, I got some axes. I got a denim list going. I can uh, send your way okay. a lot of Saxon. Um, a little business. Today's bumper is sent in by Joe Susudio Wisecaver at Backpedal Music. Uh, check me out on the Bosephus podcast. Bosephus. 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 Uh, that's B E A U C E P H U S. Know, everybody knows how to spell Bosephus. Yeah, come on. I'm sorry. So Bo interviews me, and I think I give a lot of interesting insights. What's the podcast about? What's uh, what's his podcast? What's his deal? I think he talks about himself a little bit, and then he interviews people. Huh. I've only listened to my himself. episode. Huh. So yeah. it, it, <laughs> he talks about himself, and he interviews JD Rizno. That's the podcast. <laughs> Good idea for a podcast. Uh -huh. Uh, I'm going to be on uh, Hold My Order, Terrible Dresser, the Deep Dive History Nerd WKRP podcast. 
Michael Grasso and Rob McDougall, two Harvard-educated professional historians, invited me on to pretend that I had any fucking idea what was going on while they discussed two episodes from season four of WKRP. You can find it on iTunes, and it has quickly become one of the only five podcasts I subscribe to. This episode drops September 6th, and it's a doozy on uh, iTunes. Oh, I was also recently interviewed for the Rock in the Suburbs podcast. I think that's coming out soon, so keep your eye out for that one as well. And a lot of big picture yacht rock philosophy discussed uh, on, on, on both those podcasts I was on recently. These two interviews are very different, so make sure you check them both out. Also, um, I will do anyone's podcast. Oh, he'll do it. Anyone's. Also, look out for my email responding to you about uh, the podcast you asked me to be on. I ha- I'm, I'm sorry. I've been very busy, and I haven't responded yet. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think, do it. I think I've forgotten to respond to at least one email also inviting me onto a podcast. Yeah, so look out for those. Stop whining when our audience doesn't grow because you guys aren't doing everyone's podcast. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to do it because people are listening to podcasts. They go, oh, beyond that rock, I can just click another podcast. <laughs> Yep, it's yeah, harder to go on the local a, news and talk to the grandmas. That's I'm a, a terrible. I'm a terrible multitasker, and things get lost in my brain now. Oh my god, getting old. All the time. Turning, um, I'm turning into the absent-minded professors I'm descended from. Find the Dance Boss playlist by following JD Rizzo on Spotify. Go to yachtrock.com for a useful experience. Go to yachternyacht.com to take a look at our yachtski scale. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock, like Yacht Rock on Facebook, follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help us pick up heat, so please take the time today to review. Uh, thanks, Rob Crow, Mark Rivers. Thanks to Matt Brousseau for producing us, and thanks to the entire Ferro Audio family. FerroAudio.com is where you go for sweet indie podcasts. Lots of ums and uhs and likes and the whatnot. Yeah. It's raw. But also the Sklar brothers, who are tight. Yeah. FeralAudio.com.